and I mean, automatically, I think within the year I decided to become a, a certified yoga instructor because I knew that I could provide these classes, not just for my neighborhood where I lived, my community, but also for the Spanish speaking community. During COVID, we did everything that we could, just like every other yoga studio. We went virtual. Um, we tried to have classes outside. We, you know, pushed um, private classes, whatever we had to do um, to continue the work, but it was hard. Uh, needless to say, in South LA, that particular building we were in wasn't sustainable, so we had to close down. It starts with just taking that leap. Man, you have to work hard. You have to be incredibly smart. Choose something that even if it fails, even if it fails you are going to be proud of it. doesn't matter how badly you got beaten down. Be kind, be kind, be kind. Become a better person, a better leader, a better business. Go with your gut. <laughs> I'm Samuel Donner, and this is Finding Founders. My name is Rita Ortiz Contreras, and currently I am a worker owner at the Tree Yoga Cooperative, and I am also a part-time worker in the fashion industry, a full-time wife and part-time mom because my kid's in college, um, and that's me. So uh, can you tell me a little bit about um, growing up in South Central LA and what role wellness had in that community? As you can imagine, growing up in South L.A., I, I'm an immigrant of Mexico, so I, I've been living in South L.A. for about, ah, oh, Jesus, over 40 years. Uh, we came to uh, the U.S. when I was five years old. We moved into, L, into South L.A. when I was about eight years old, so I've been living here since I started elementary school. And I honestly can't think of any kind of wellness offerings in South LA since I've lived here. Wellness has been an issue here in South LA only because A, it's hard to have coverage that really helps you understand what what health and wellness looks like. So like growing up, what were your your inspirations or your, your role models? Like what did you look in or at at your community that maybe provided inspiration of either what to do or what not to do? That's hard. I, I think in, in general, inspiration was hard to find. And, you know, I'm speaking from an immigrant point of view where it was like I was the oldest and I was helping my parents translate, um, you know, everything from Spanish to English. And so there really wasn't anything that I would that I think, oh, you know, this person is doing something I'd like to do. It was more like, oh, you know, when I grow up, I'd like to be blah, blah, blah. And it was always those um, things. I was like, I want to be a, <laughs> a doctor, like something so out of like the ordinary for for the hood that that was the aspiration. It wasn't any particular person. It was just like, OK, something that will get me out of the hood. Why did you want to get out? I think it's just for that same reason, you know, not that I knew it back then, but just looking back now, there wasn't anything to stay in the hood for. Especially back then, I think there was a lot of tensions between uh, black and brown people 
and then you I would get bullied. I just didn't understand why South LA was the way it was. I mean, eventually, yeah, you you talk, you know, you you make friends and you're like, oh, I see what's going on here. You know, like these are the little cliques. This is the culture. How would you describe the culture? The culture was you had to belong to a little clique. You needed that support. Typically, it was because there wasn't a lot of support system. You didn't have like, at least for me and the friends I knew, we didn't have aunts and uncles to or cousins that we can hang out with or that would um, have time to mentor us and, you know, just show us different options other than what we saw, which was basically going to school, you know, seeing people probably doing drugs, getting gangs and uh, nothing, nothing very positive. There was no consistency in that mentorship on a path to like wellness. It seems like, you know, yoga and and wellness uh, was the guidance that you eventually found and saw and where where you, you, you sourced a lot of your maybe balance. So can you tell me about discovering yoga? Yeah, sure. So I was working out. Um, I started this new uh, lifestyle of working out after my son graduated from high school because, of course, that's like just a huge burden off of any parent's um, shoulders. Now I can invest in myself again. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. So I was like, okay, it's time. I got to do something. I don't have to pick him up. I don't have to drop him off. He can, you know, he's good. So before work and after work, I would start going to the gym. And then I just started feeling really good. And I said, okay, I'm going to push myself a little bit more. I'm going to start to do something that challenges me because um, from being um, in the military, I have um, knee issues. So people kept telling me, oh, you should try yoga. It's, you know, it's really good on your body and, you know, it feels so good and blah, blah, blah. So I said, fine, I'm going to go to this yoga Pilates class. That was I my work. Like, fine. I had- it's like, all right, fine. You've convinced me. I don't <laughs> want to go, but I'm going anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, fine, I'm going to go do this for my health. And so when I showed up to this Pilates studio, um, there was this, this young woman who was leading the class. And then this older lady, I'm going to say, and I'm just being, you know, judgmental here, but I'm sure she must have been like in her 50s. And she was doing all of these really strong poses. um, That's a mixture of like Pilates and yoga. So she was holding the poses like her breath was really fluid. Her face looked really zen. And I was over here like... (sighs) sweating and like shaking and I couldn't I couldn't believe how much I was struggling even though I had already been working out for like a good eight months and obviously because I you know in my head I was like man this is not for me so I didn't go back to that class for like a couple of weeks and that old lady was there again and I was like dang it like this is a competition now I'm gonna like I'm going to beat this lady. You know, that was my frame of mind. Like, if she can do it, I can do it. And so I didn't go to that class for like another couple of weeks. And I ended up looking for a yoga class or yoga studio in South LA. I knew there was like a, a one in a thousand that I might find one. And something did pop up. And it was on 83rd and Western. I was like, what the heck is this place? 
So I walk into this yoga studio on a set. I remember, and I remember it so clearly. It was a Saturday morning. It was 9:30 a.m. and there was a black male yoga instructor. And he's like, "Oh, welcome. Come on in." And I was like, "Man, what is this place? Like, I didn't even know yogis could be black." Yeah. Why? Why was that your your thought process? Because you don't see that. You don't see, um, and this was a good eight years ago. I believe it was like 2015-ish. And you know, at least from what I was familiar with, you look at magazines, you look at TV, you look at media, and you see young, white, flexible women in their Lululemons, very sexy looking, and just looking like they're at the peak of their life, right? And so at that time, I was gonna turn 40. So I, I didn't feel like I was at the prime of my physical.、Um, And like, how could this be for me if I I don't have any role models to look at? It's like it's like the same thing. And growing up, like, where are the role models that I want? Yes, exactly. So that's the first thing that just blew my mind. I was like, wow, a black yogi and male and in South LA and across the street from a Golden Bird Chicken restaurant. It was. It was just mind blowing. So you have this source of inspiration, like this. This maybe opened up the doors. So as you progress in your yoga journey, when do you decide to launch your own cooperative? So this organization, this nonprofit organization, was the inspiration to our cooperative, and it was because we had, and I mean, automatically, I think within the year, I decided to become a certified yoga instructor because I knew that I could provide these classes not just for my neighborhood where I live, my community, but also for the Spanish-speaking community. The nonprofit lasted a good; it had a good eight-year run during COVID. We did everything that we could, just like every other yoga studio. We went virtual. We tried to have classes outside. We, you know, pushed private classes. Whatever we had to do to continue the work, but it was hard. Needless to say, in South LA, that particular building we were in wasn't sustainable. Rent, you know, we were donation based, and when I say we, I mean because. It was myself and、um, the founder, a couple of other teachers who were still trying to keep the organization afloat, and it,、right. it just wasn't sustainable. So we had to close down. Was that hard for you? It was hard, especially because a couple of things happened. The founder, who had been there for eight years, left. She moved to San Diego, and so the burden of closing the studio down, saying goodbye to the students. That was hard, you know. Physically, we had to get everything out of the studio. It's not like we had money to hire movers or anything. And I just remember carrying out big shelves and struggling. Like, man, I wish we had just that, like, five hundred bucks to get some movers、yeah. in here. Anyways, closing down was hard because we had students that we knew from eight years ago, from when we opened our doors. Teachers that、yeah. had been certified, they're coming in, saying their last goodbyes. Yeah, you created like a real community, like through being there for so long. So, when did you decide after closing that you wanted to create something of your own again? 
the founder thought, you know what, this be this would be a great chance to start a cooperative. A cooperative is this new business model where it's very democratic. Owners take equal share and responsibilities of the entire business, and we're still navigating through that. And so during the time that we closed, sometime in July to sometime in August, we just, four of us, met every week trying to remodel this yoga community, this just foundation of amazing offerings that people wanted to come to and just trying to reimagine it. So it was a good six months that we did that. And by the end of 2020, we opened up the Tree Yoga Cooperative with four worker owners. What did it feel like to open that up? Scary. It was so scary. <laughs> like, I've never been a business owner. And during COVID and being like, you know, people of color, what people would say minorities, that is so scary. Mm-hmm. Not knowing how we could sustain this yoga practice and still offer to the community during COVID. Yeah. I think I just got over my scariness last month. <laughs> <laughs> last month. So yeah, the whole 2021, I've been like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. My, uh... my partners, my coworkers, my co-owners, they're, they're amazing. You know, and I think it, yeah. it just comes down to that community where it's like those people that you look up to are now my peers, they're now my coworkers and we can work together and we just, we ground each other. And now it's brick and mortar and now there's a whole new business aspect. And I think that's the scary part that you really don't know what comes. We have resources and in a sense, sometimes you don't have the answers that you want when you want to open a business. And that's the scary part where you start to do something and then you're like, oh shoot, I forgot to do this other thing. And now there's like real consequences. You know, you can be fined by the city, You can have fines from the IRS. You can be fined because you didn't have workers comp. Like there has to be like all these different aspects to the kind of business that you're running that you have to be aware of. And I, that was the scary part. I just want to do things right. And I know along the way I kind of like learned, okay, even though I didn't do this right now, I know next time. Now I know next time. Yeah. And so now that you're in a pretty good place with the business, things are looking up. What are you most excited for, for the future? Man, what excites me the most about this yoga path that we're on in South LA is opening up our space, reopening up our space, welcoming back our community and Now that we've gone virtual, we've been able to reach people internationally. So we also run a yoga certification school and we've had students from Japan, from Africa, from Paris. And I think that's what makes it exciting is that we know where we can reach. And now that we're going to open with this cooperative model, we're going to have so much more than we did in our other space. We're gonna have not just yoga instructors that are people of color that are from the community. And I say we're gonna have, because I am projecting and I wanna manifest this, we're gonna have space for these other practitioners to come in, you know. We have 
practitioners that do Reiki or that can offer massages or that can offer um, all these other holistic and wellness practices that we want to create a space within our yoga studio for our students so that those practitioners can offer that. That's what I'm looking forward to. That's super exciting. I have no doubt that you will do it. And if we were to just like to wrap up at the beginning of this journey, what advice do you think you would have given to yourself to to help you get to where you are now? Maybe the little less stress, a little more efficiency and maybe (laughs) help uh, and maybe advice that will help someone uh, who's embarking on a similar journey. What advice would you give? The only advice I could give and I would give myself and anyone who is planning to go on, on like a business venture is be grounded. There are so many unexpected twists and turns. I don't think there's anything that can prepare you for what you're about to embark on. Just, you know, take a moment to breathe. And what happens will happens. You're prepared as you can be and that's it. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, rate the podcast five stars, and share with a friend. If you have any questions or comments, DM us at Finding Founders Podcast on Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook. Finding Founders is produced and hosted by me, Samuel Donner. Our chief of staff and operations is Jessica Lynn. Our audio editing team lead is Adrian Tapia. Support from Irene Van Berkel, Matt Fernandez, Nay B. Cannon, Sophia Donner, Maura Lynch, Zoe Maddox. Ashley Jimenez, Michael Chung, Nicholas Guzman, Aaron Devereaux, Sanessa Gisley, and Lois Choi. Our outreach and research lead is Kenny Ong, with support from Sarah Hobson, Melody Sopani, Cherise Tan, Jake Wiley, Ibadat Rai, and Mecca Shelton. Our writing team lead is Elizabeth Bowen, with support from Abigail Azardia, Elise Caldwell, Jake Wiley, Jordan Ortiz, and Sanessa Gisley. Our design team lead is Shruti Ramanand, with support from Sohail Amatya, Tiffany Dang, Jonathan Wass, and Diana Marie Kandaza. To see more of what we're up to, subscribe to our newsletter at findingfounders.co. Thanks again for listening, and see you next week.